Human Hope Familia. You guys know that I'm actually part of the podcast network, correct? If you don't, now you do. I'm part of the That Sounds Fun podcast network, and there's different podcasts for different flavors, whatever you're kind of feeling like. And a brand new family member uh, to the network is a show called Unexpected with Hannah Love. Now, what I love about this podcast is their bite size, right? Like if I'm giving you like an entire meal, like a 17 course dinner, sometimes you guys are like, Carlos, this podcast is like two hours long, relax. Um, these, some are, some are 11 minutes, some are 15, some are 30. But what Hannah does is she pulls out unexpected moments from scripture, right? Like, like she applies them to her life because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know for me, a lot of the times that I think God can never use this in my life in the most unexpected way he does. And Hannah not only shares a lot of her story, but she shares these unexpected moments in scripture. Absolutely incredible podcast. Uh, episodes are released every single Monday. So it's, it's kind of like a devotional style podcast. Uh, we, I mean, she's got a couple that I'd love to tell you about. Episodes 13 and 14 were an interview with Shay Mooney. Uh, she actually interviews my friend Lauren Tomlin. A few episodes, episode seven, identity. She talks about right, episode here we go. one is purpose. So why don't you guys just <clears throat> search whatever podcast platform you listen to Human Hope on for Unexpected with Hannah Love. All right, all right, all right. It is Thursday, September 8, 2022. I am your host, Carlos Enrique Huetiquer Cusman Chibero Cabello. This is episode 75 of the Human Hope Podcast. And I got one question. Y'all ready for this? Come on. Hey, hey. What is going on, Human Hope Familia? Welcome to another episode of the Human Hope Podcast with your unplugged host. That's me. That's right. That is me, Carlos Enrique Huetiquer Guzman Archibald Cabello. You know, I met a couple of you guys out in the wild. And uh, you have, some of you, have figured out how to say my name correctly. Uh, I don't know if that's you or not. You want to practice? You want to have a little practice round? I know I say it fast. I say, Carlos Enrique Huetiquer Guzman Archibald Cabello. Or Los, for short. Let, you want to say it? Uh, let's go ahead and... We, we haven't done this in a while. Let's say it with a, uh, a... Let's say a Midwestern accent. Okay. My name is Carlos Enrique Whitaker Guzman Archibald Cabello. Uh, that's it. That is who I am. And I am, I'm, I'm just your host on a journey to find hope. Um, and today's episode, I believe is going to give you guys more hope than I actually hope that that is going to be, uh, hopefully lasting longer than this episode. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm going to give you hope that maybe for some of you is going to last a week. Some of you maybe a month. Some of you guys may take so much time doing what I'm going to ask you to do that it, this hope may last you for two years. Uh, you, you're probably itching like wonder what is happening this week? What is this week? Um, and I'm going to get to it in just a second. Uh, but first and foremost, 75, three quarters of a century in podcast episodes. Thank you for 
doing the thing that I ask you to do, because more and more doing it, because I'm seeing it in the data. I actually went and had a meeting today with people that have more data than I do when it comes to the podcast with my podcast network. And I'm seeing a trend. Even though I'm not sharing on social media, you're still listening to the podcast, which thank you. Remember last week, I thought it was just my aunt Nancy and uncle George, or I don't know. Um, I can't remember the names that I named my listeners last week. The two that I said are still listening, but I now know that it's more than two. I now know that it's actually growing while I'm not Instagramming. So, hmm, go figure. Either A, people are like, hey, you know what? <clears throat> I'll get my daily dose of los. Ooh, daily dose of, of los. Oh, maybe that can be my email newsletter. Daily dose of los. Uh, is, that, is that too cheesy? It's probably too cheesy. Um, but anyway, that's a long way of me saying thank you for continuing to subscribe, um, downloading. You know, listen, every time you guys download, every time you guys listen to the podcast, it does help me. You know, people are always asking, Carlos, how can we help you? You raise all this money for all these people. I'll listen, I'll tell you how you help me is you, you listen to the podcast. And then whenever I write a book, buy it. There you go. That's it. You know, uh, everything else is just me trying to help other people. And when you help me, I get to help others. So uh, I'm just grateful for the way you guys support what I do and allows me to do what I do more often. So thank you. Also brand new this week. Um, now, little caveat to this. I am about to open up a, uh, a portal to another way to engage with the Human Hope Podcast. But before I tell you the other way, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to continue to listen on these streaming platforms because what I'm about to tell you is where you can watch this thing. That's right. I'm going to start off this week giving this a shot. We are putting the Human Hope Podcast on YouTube. That's right. I'm pointing at a camera right now. Uh, if you, if you're somebody that just wants to sit and watch me talk into a microphone, cause that's about all there is right now. Uh, just because I'm not interviewing guests at the moment, uh, then yeah. And I'm actually going to go back and start uploading past episodes of some of the guests that I interviewed and I have video of them and I'm going to go back and we're going to start uploading episodes to YouTube. Not all of them will be video, uh, but all of them will be on YouTube and you're probably wondering, well, Carlos, how can I listen to it or watch it on YouTube? I'll tell you. You go to humanhopevideo.com. Now, I just bought that domain about, oh, I don't know, uh, 20 minutes ago. Um, so hopefully it'll be redirected by the morning when this podcast comes out. But if you go to humanhopevideo.com, and I got my laptop back this week in order to do this video and a few edits on my book, um, then you should be able to watch it. Huh, go figure. Now, here's the thing. I would love for to, to tell you, hey, yeah, just go to youtube.com slash human hope. But I can't because I need 100 subscribers. And as of right now, I am the only subscriber to my channel. So I don't know. There's thousands of you that listen to this every week. Continue to listen to it. But if you do me a favor and go to humanhopevideo.com and then just click subscribe. That'll get me hopefully to a hundred uh, subscribers on YouTube, which will let me have a 
uh, vanity URL, which means I, instead of being youtube.com slash two nine seven seven four 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 two 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 five five seven, it'll just be hopefully by next week, youtube.com slash human hope. Um, so yeah, you can start listening uh, to it, watching it on YouTube. And if I'm ever not recording video, I'll still upload it to YouTube and there'll just be a logo of my face on the YouTube channel. But I'm, I'm excited to be hopping into video because I feel like I'm good at video. And now I feel like when I'm looking at the camera, like I am right now, uh, I'm talking like I'm looking in your eyes, whereas normally I'm just either looking at my laptop or looking around. Um, but now we're going to hop on the YouTube train. So <clears throat> excuse me. Now that we're doing video, I can't edit that out uh, or it'll just take too long. What are we doing this week? Uh, well, you've, you've read the title of the podcast. So you know that I am going to be sharing with you um, the books that I've been reading, all the books. And can I tell you, since I have taken this time away from my phone, I have been reading books like crazy. Um, I'm going to hold up my list of books right now for the YouTubers so you can see them. Don't worry, you don't have to take a screen capture of it. Um, oh, look, look at all this. These are all the books that I've read in the last six weeks. I know I have a problem. Actually, no, I've loved it. I loved, I've loved reading. Uh, and I thought I would just share with you some of my favorite books that uh, I've read. Now, some of these books, I literally went to a used bookstore. I went to, it's called McKay's here in Nashville, Tennessee. And right before I went on quote unquote sabbatical, I was like, oh, let me find some novels. I even asked you guys on Instagram uh, and on Twitter what some of your favorite novels were. And you told me, and I said, I like thriller suspense. Some of them were a little too scary for me, um, but most of them I was able to handle. So I've got some thrillers. I've got some novels. I've got some like self-help-ish kind of stuff. I've got some like educational stuff. I've got some spiritual stuff. And, and then I've got two that rocked my world Two that rocked my world. So, um, I'm going to share those with you. So this, this won't be too long of a podcast. Um, but I just want to kind of go book by book. So let's start off. Why don't we start off with, um, hmm, let's start off. Do I want to do the novels first or do I want to do like the, the self-help get better spiritually emotionally books. I don't know. Uh, listen here. And, and I know some of you guys aren't into this. Some of you guys aren't into novels, uh, but maybe, maybe you have a friend that is send the podcast to them. Let's start with the novels just because uh, I got hooked on my trip to Uganda. Uh, I read a book called uh, history of wild places, history of wild places by Shay Earnshaw. Now I've DM'd Shay and asked her to be on the podcast. She says she would love to. We just have to figure out how to make that happen. So I won't go deep into that, but that book hooked me. And that's probably my favorite novel that I read uh, this year. And that is what I actually sent out on Twitter and on Instagram. I was like, Hey, I read this book. Anyone have, has anyone read this book? Tell me another book that, you know, it's like just on the edge of your seat where like at the end of the book, you're like, Oh my gosh, how, did, how did I not see that coming? Um, oh, I just love books like that. So a lot of you guys told me about, and we'll just start here. It's told me about an author named Lisa Jewell. And, uh, the first book I read by Lisa Jewell is, is called, then she was gone. Then she was gone. 
Um, and this one, okay, this one's a little scary, a little scarier than um, a history of wild places. And I'm just going to read you the back cover. Okay. No one ever just disappears. Ellie Mack was the perfect daughter. And then she was gone. 10 years after Ellie's disappearance, her mother, Laurel Mack, is trying to put her life back together when she meets an unexpectedly charming man in a cafe. Before she knows it, she's meeting Floyd's daughters. His youngest, Poppy, takes Laurel's breath away because the eerily, oh, I don't even know how to say this word, <laughs> precocious, I think. <laughs> Listen, I'm only an author. I've got an editor, okay? I, I can't speak all the English. Good. Um, back to the word. Precocious, Poppy is the spitting image of Ellie. And now, unanswered questions she's tried so hard to put to rest begin haunting Laurel anew. Where did Ellie go? Did she run away from home? As the police have long suspected, or did something more sinister happen? A haunting page turner of sheer perfection. Oh, that's good, because that's what it was. Then she was gone as a gripping and emotionally resi resonant, why can't I read today? Resonant tale of one mother's quest to uncover the clues she's failed to recognize and finally discover the truth of what happened to her daughter. Now, let, I'll go and tell you, it's a little scary. It's a trigger warning. You know, if you had some, some scary things happen with your family and things, it's probably not going to be uh, the book for you. But um, I, uh, I loved it. I was gripped by it. And, you know, zero spoiler alerts. Uh, at all. No spoiler alerts. It is, uh, it was amazing. And I was grateful that you guys recommended this one because I went ahead and ordered the next one. So that, the first book novel that I read uh, this summer was Then She Was Gone. And it, it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Um, and then you get into the, you know, listen, I'm not a number one New York Times bestseller, nor do I pretend to be. But it's a great thing to put on your books when you become one, because then if you, if the, if the other ones don't become one, you can still put on the cover like this one. Number one, New York times bestselling author of then she was gone. Now I think that this book was just as good. And you're going to start seeing a theme here. This one's called the night she disappeared, a novel insane suspense, Lee child. Um, a lot of you guys told me to get Lee Child books, but I only read two books from Lisa Jewell and these were the two. Uh, let me read this one. This one may, and you're going to, obviously you're seeing a theme here. It's a beautiful summer night in a charming English suburb. Oh, now, first of all, let me also tell you, um, Lisa Jewell is British. And so I just, I love reading a book by a, an author that I know is British. So like suddenly everyone has a British accent. Do you guys ever do that when you read? I do. And so uh, I am... Yeah, like I'm, I'm into knowing that the author's British so that I can speak in my head, right? The search of the woods begins in Upley Fold that lunchtime. It's what Kim wanted, but to also it's terrifying. Now, is that good? Scale one to one to one. Was that okay? Okay, okay, so back to it. Just so you know, Lisa Jewell's British, so please read her novels in with a British accent. It's a beautiful summer night in charming English suburb when 19-year-olds, two of them, Tallulah and Zach disappear after partying at the massive country estate of a new college friend. One year after the case runs cold, a writer moves into a cottage on the edge of the woods that border the same estate where the couple disappeared. I like to think of me as the writer because I'm a writer. 
Known locally as the dark place, the dense forest is her favorite area for long walks. And it's on one such stroll that she stumbles upon a mysterious note that simply reads, dig here. Could this be a clue to the young couple's disappearance? And what exactly is buried in this haunted ground with his signature rich, dark, and intricately twisted prose, Lisa Jewell has crafted another dazzling work of suspense that will keep you on the edge of your seat until the final page. Did I just switch to a horrible British accent in the middle of that? I did. I apologize to all my British listeners. Hey, I have an idea. Are there any British listeners that want to do like an intro or read my ads uh, my partner spots on the podcast with a British accent. That'd be cool. So this one, you would think, well, Carlos, I'm just going to pick one, one disappearance book, not two. No, they're both good. So then she was gone and the night she disappeared. <laughs> I mean, really, you could switch the titles. The stories are completely different. The aha moments are completely different. And uh, yeah, those are, those are two of the novels. Now, th- then I read a novel... <laughs> Uh, this one, I literally just picked up at uh, McKay's. It's called The Clarity, a novel. Um, and it's centered on a young girl of amazing talent and heart. Uh, no, that's, I mean, it's more than that. Let me, let me go and read. Are, are, are you guys into this? I mean, I don't know. I kind of am. So let's see if you guys want to read this one. Again, The Clarity. And I was hooked at this one. I was, I was hooked. Dr. Oh, are the night doctors coming for you? Are you guys getting a gist as to like the kind of um, books that I like to read? I like to be scared at night. And there, there were a couple nights this, this month that I was alone and um, I had to put the books down <laughs> and read something like the Bible. Okay. <clears throat> okay. This one's called The Clarity. Are the night doctors coming for you? Dr. Matilda Deacon is a psychologist researching how memories are made and stored when she meets a strange girl named Ashanique. Ashanique claims to harbor the memories of the last soldier killed in World War I. I mean, that's cool. It was cool. And Matilda is at first intrigued but skeptical. Duh, like who wouldn't be? I I was. However, when Ashanique starts talking about being chased by night doctors, a term also used by an unstable patient who was later found dead, dun, dun, dun. Matilda is forced to consider that the girl is telling the truth. Matilda learns that Ashanique and her mother have been on the run their whole lives from a monstrous assassin named Raid. Raid was scary and he was pretty monstrous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Raid is after a secret contained solely in memories and has left a bloody trail throughout the world in search of it. Matilda soon realizes Ashanique is in unimaginable danger as her and that her unique gift comes with a deadly price. Fast paced and suspenseful. The clarity is a chilling blend of science and danger. I love the science part. I'm really into science. I'm actually reading a book right now called The Pandemic, but it's not on my list because I haven't finished it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm start, I started it like two nights ago. I think it was written in 2018, I think before the pandemic happened and, um, hello. Okay. Sorry. I'm getting another book. Um, a compelling take on the possibilities of reincarnation and life after death. So I'm not, I'm not a reincarnation guy, FYI. Um, 
but I am a life after death guy or maybe life after life guy. Uh, and this is in no way, shape or form like a, a spiritual book. It's a science book and it is a thriller and I enjoyed it. Um, not as much as a history of wild places uh, and not as much as uh, Lisa Jewell, either of her books, but it was, it was good. It was a good fourth book. Cause it wasn't, um, I read it faster than the other ones. So guys, we're, we're four books in 20 minutes in four books in. Uh, and let's, let's see, is there, oh yeah, we got a, we got another novel here. Um, oh, oh, oh yeah. Hang on. I'm looking at the books over here. Uh, this one, I love this one. It's, I feel like you guys are going to judge me. I feel this, this is the hard thing about like, tell, you know, when you tell your friends, um, sorry, my headphones are wrapped around my feet somehow. When you tell your friends, you know, like, oh my gosh, like I love this song. And then they don't love the song. And you're like, oh, or you're like, oh my gosh, this show's amazing. And then they watch the show and you can, you know, they never watched any of the other episodes. And you're just like, oh, like I'm, I'm putting my heart on a platter here. But yeah, y'all, y'all don't have to, you don't, you can hurt my feelings. It's okay. Um, this is just stuff I like. Now, this was a little, uh, this one I just finished. This is the most recent novel that I finished. And it, uh, it was fascinating and funny and a little thrillerish. And this one actually like remind it's about rich people. And obviously rich is, uh, it depends on who you are, how you define rich, right? What does rich mean? Okay. We're not going to get into that, but this is like just kind of blatant American rich people. Let me just read it to you. Okay. This is the, uh, inside the book here. Lila has always believed that life is a game. She is destined to win. Not wind, but win. I don't know why I just added a D to that. But her husband, Graham, takes the game to dangerous levels. The wealthy couple. Now, wealthy is like, you know, I'm going to say like top 1% of Americans here. Wealthy. They're really wealthy in the book. The wealthy couple invites self-made success stories to live in their guest house and then conspires to ruin their lives. (laughs) Okay. Um, I know. I know. It's sadistic. I know. And after all, there's nothing worse than a bootstrapper. What does that mean? Hmm, I don't know. Demi has always felt like the odds are stacked against her. At the end of a rope, she seizes a risky opportunity to take over another person's life and unwittingly becomes the subject of the upstairs, upstairs couple's wicked entertainment. This was so good. Actually, I haven't read this since I read the book. Um, but Demi has been struggling forever and she's not about to go down without a fight in a twist that neither woman sees coming. The game quickly devolves into chaos and rockets towards an explosive conclusion because every good rich person knows in money and in life, it's winner take all, even if you have to leave a few bodies behind. Okay. Um, it, Oh, and, and the cover, for those of you guys watching on YouTube, you can see it. It's brilliant. Um, Eliza Jane Brazier is, not Brazier, Brazier is um, the author. And it was so good. It was so good. And it was actually like a, a, a change of pace for me. Um, whereas the other ones were kind of like, 
um, investigative, like, like you're reading from the point of view of the person that's either been traumatized or um, been the victim or the detective kind of deal. Like this one, you're, you're kind of looking at from the viewpoint of like the bad people. So I like that. It was good. Um, and it was hilarious. And I was, I laughed out loud a few times. So good rich people is, uh, is the name of that novel. And, uh, that we have come to the end of my novels. I feel like I read another one. I, I know I did and I can't find it and I can't remember what it was, which means, well, you probably shouldn't, uh, um, probably doesn't matter because you don't know what, I don't know what it is. So you're not going to know either. And if I don't remember it, why in the world would you want to read it? Um, we are going to move from here into, um, let's see, let's do, should we do like uh, the spiritual side of things? Yeah, we can do that. Well, we'll move into kind of like I, I read, I read three, oh, I'll save one till the end. I read, yeah, I read three kind of spiritual discipline books that rock my world. And I am going to let you guys know what those were right after this break. And this break is going to be with a new partner here at Human Hope. Uh, and I, I, I do have a question for you before I talk about the partner. It's kind of talking about the partner, but here's the question. Like if you've ever been to sushi at a new sushi restaurant, I don't know about you, but like I read the reviews. I want to read the reviews of the sushi restaurant because I got to know, does somebody get sick or not? And I know that if I go to a nice sushi restaurant, Yelp is going to let me know that it's a good sushi restaurant. And if I go to a gas station uh, sushi restaurant, Yelp is going to know that it's a one star, right? Like you want to know finding the right sushi makes all the difference. The same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. Uh, One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and you're heard, even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. So what is ZocDoc? ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Now, let 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 me tell you what I did. I've got three doctor friends. I went to all three doctors. Now, when I say friends, I mean friends. Like I trust these people. Like I call them with like, before I go to my doctor, I call them because you know they're my free doctor. They're my friend doctor. And I call them and all three of them are on ZocDoc. So I know that if the three of my doctor friends are on ZocDoc, then I can trust ZocDoc. And I can just trust the people that are on ZocDoc. You can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, or get that mole checked out or anything else, ZocDoc. Doc has you covered. Remember, it's a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com slash human hope and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash human hope. ZocDoc.com slash human hope. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. 
Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, back to the books. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to those of you that are like, enough with those devil books, Carlos. Enough. Enough with the evil stuff. Give me the spiritual stuff. Give me the deep stuff. Give me the stuff that's going to change my life. Now, listen, I know y'all aren't saying that. Just because you like a good spiritual helping your spiritual life following Jesus book doesn't mean that you don't like. I like them both. I've read them both. Now, I've read more novels than I have um, kind of the underlining books. But these these three books, uh, psh, if you guys can just read these three books between now and the end of the year, your life is going to be so much better. Uh, so the first book that <clears throat> I read on my break that I love that my wife has been trying to get me to read forever. And I finally did it because I have time is a book called unpunishable and it's by Danny Silk unpunishable subtitle is ending our love affair with punishment. Oh, come on somebody. Listen, if there's one thing that I know Christians love to do, it's punish each other. I, if there's one thing I know they love to do is punish each other. Uh, let me, let me read you the back. Well, first it also know that like Danny Silk is, um, he's written a lot of books. I haven't read any of his books besides this one. Uh, so I know he, he touches on some things on, on some things in some of his books that, you know, some of my listeners may be like, whoa, Carlos, I Googled that guy. I looked him up on Amazon and he's talking about some different stuff. Yeah. You can read it. It might make you better. Uh, but this one is the only one I've read. So this is the only one I'm reviewing this one unpunishable and it's, it rocked my world, especially as somebody that has kind of, you know, fallen purse, you know, would you say like, I don't know, publicly fallen would be the case. Uh, it's publicly fallen a thing. All I know is like, as you guys have known, because I talk about it all the time, my life fell apart in 2010, 11. And uh, a lot of people knew and it was hard. And a lot of people wanted me punished. Um, a lot of people's sole goal was to see that I felt an, the infliction of pain and punishment in my life. Uh, but I have a, a friend named Mike Foster that, <clears throat> man, he just, he walked me through that season uh, in a way that uh, he probably doesn't know. And he, he may, he was the one friend that I felt like was rooting for my restoration, not my punishment. I had a couple more, but the one that like, I, the, the one friend that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I mean, it was like, it felt like his job was to, to root for that for me. So living, I'm going to read you the back here. Living with humans is messy. Our children make messes. Our spouses and friends make messes. So do our coworkers, bosses, pastors, and presidents. So do we. Messes are scary, painful, and offensive. It's so true. I love that he talks about this, right? Because like the reason why people want punishment is because they've been put through pain. And as a human, you're like, well, why does that person have to be put through pain? 
That wasn't part of the back of the book. Back to the back of the book. And whether we're dealing with the pain of a personal failure, the frustration of a disrespectful child, the devastation of a major betrayal, the stress of a workplace conflict, or the fallout of a larger of larger social injustices, classically, we react the same way with fear, shame, and punishment. These reactions are understandable, but, but they don't do anything to fix the problem. In fact, they only perpetuate a culture of fear, unforgiveness, retribution, and disconnection. I'm t- I mean, if you, if you guys aren't going, like if, you're, if you haven't even gone to Amazon, the little app on your phone and, di- and bought it by now, I don't know what's going on. Gosh, man. It's making me want, want to read it again. Um, he continues, Jesus came to show us a better way to respond to human misses, messes and misses, the way of repentance, reconciliation, and restoration. This way removes fear, shame, and punishment from people's lives, empowers them to deal with the root of their problems, and equips them to build a new lifestyle of walking in the light and protecting connection with God themselves and others. Unpunishable as a roadmap for walking out repentance, reconciliation, and restoration in our own lives, leading others in this journey and creating punishment-free cultures of love in our lives, relationships, families, churches, and organizations. Friends, I have underlined, there's not a page that doesn't have an underline or a highlight. This This book rocked me, changed my world, and it'll change yours too. Unpunishable by Danny Silk. There's the first one. How y'all like that? Okay, you're welcome. I told you I was going to be here for you guys. Uh, the next one, and I've already talked about this on the podcast because I talked to the author uh, and I'm going to upload it to my YouTube channel, John Eldridge, his book, Resilient, which he talked about, uh, I want to say, oh, what episode was that that he talked about it? Uh, it was episode 66. <clears throat> July 7th of this year, uh, almost two months ago to the day, actually, um, John was on here and it's, it's entitled a guide for restoring your soul after a soul crushing two years, resilient, restoring your weary soul in these turbulent times. I, um, I, I didn't read the entire, his entire book. I read like parts of it before, um, I interviewed him, but now I read the entire thing and oh my gosh, Honestly, it was one of those books that I was like, I should have written that because it makes that much sense. It's so good. Um, so yeah, one of my favorite, um, I'm trying to find it here. One of my favorite things that he talks about is, is just, uh, it, listen, listen to this. It's so good. Let's see if I can find this. Our created nature is designed to live in two worlds, drawing our strength from two worlds. That's why I call us amphibians. He does. He calls us amphibians. But what most of us are not tapping into is the supernatural graces. We can't ignore these and hope to thrive in an hour like this one. If you place a frog, a true amphibian, in a tank of water with no dry place to crawl, it'll die. If you place it in a terrarium with no water, it'll die. Amphibians need both realms to thrive. And he talks about how in order to be a resilient follower of Christ, you've got to be an amphibian to live in the natural and the supernatural. I'm telling you, it's so good. This one rocked my world. So Resilient uh, by John Eldridge was another book that I read on this little journey. Um, gosh, I'm running out of time. This is uh, going a little longer than I wanted to. Um, 
Man, okay, so this next one, no, I'm going to save that one for the end. So I read one more um, kind of spiritual discipline book and I'm going to save it because I want you to have to wait because it was that good. It was my favorite of all the uh, top two books that I read out of, I read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. These are 10, but I probably read 15, uh, but these are my favorite 10. Um, okay, and then going more into like, um, uh, I don't even know what, what you'd call these, what kind of books you would call these. Nonfiction, uh, not necessarily spiritual, but like, and not really self-help, I hate that word. Um, but like, how to, how to do better kind of books. Dr. Daniel Amen, your brain is always listening. What I love about it is that he's got um, this analogy with dragons that I won't spoil for you, but it reminds me of Kill the Spider. And it's talking about lies. It's talking about if you like Kill the Spider and you'd like a maybe a uh, scientific study as to breaking agreements with lies. So my book was called Kill the Spider. I talk about a spider's an agreement you made with the lie and a cobweb is a medicating behavior that brings comfort to the lie. Neuroscientist, Dr. Daniel Amen, um, kind of takes that and unpacks it in a medical scientific way in this book. Uh, it was so good. Just talk about bad habits and toxins and anxiety and fear and procrastination and all the things that you're trying to get through. Uh, this book, your brain is always listening. Tame the hidden dragons that control your happiness habits and hangups. Uh, it was so good. Um, I didn't read it twice, but I, maybe I did read it twice because I, I had to go, I had to go back and read every page again. It was one of those books, right? I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I read it again and I got something else out of it. So your brain is always listening is another one that I, uh, loved and enjoyed. Um, and then last but not least in that kind of space is a book by Norena Hertz called The Lonely Century. And this one really had a lot to do with what I have done the last six weeks now. Six weeks. Man, am I ever going to get my phone back? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> really? Really? Is this the book I'm talking about? Yeah. Ready? The Lonely Century, How to Restore Human Connection in a World That's Pulling Apart. I mean, whew. let's let's go ahead and read, read the cover, the jacket, because this one, this one, a lot of you guys are going to run out and get right now. I actually heard uh, Norena Hertz on a podcast. Um, it was like an NPR podcast. And um, then somebody else that... Um, I admire told me about the book and I said, I got to get it. And I devoured it. The data in this book um, really actually is going to help me. I've already written my next book. It's like already edited and getting printed pretty soon. But the data in this book, I wish I had for my next book. But since I don't have it, I'll be able to use in my talk when I travel to wherever you guys at, when you book me to come and speak at your next event on the next book that you will find out about in a few weeks. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's coming. Um, I actually have a copy of it right here in front of me. <laughs> it's, it's so tempting just to lift it up to the camera and let you see it, uh, or just read you the title if you're not watching this. Here we go, The Lonely Century. Even before a global pandemic introduced us to terms like social distancing, okay? 
Loneliness was well on its way to becoming the defining condition of the 21st century. Carl, the Los Angeles media executive, so lonely he pays to be cuddled. That's a thing I learned about in this book. No judgment here. Okay, if you pay to be cuddled. No judgment. Just let's read this book together. Eric, the Parisian baker, finding community in the political far right or far left, right? It could be either or. Peter, the London schoolboy, distraught because no one likes his Instagram posts. All around us, the fabric of community is unraveling at our and our personal relationships are under threat. And technology isn't the sole culprit. I love that, that I mean, even though this is, you know, we think this, this whole book is about technology, it's not. Equally to blame are the dismantling of civic institution, the radical reorganization of the workplace, the mass migration to cities, and decades of policies that have placed self-interest above the collective good. Come on. This is not merely a mental health crisis. Loneliness increases our risk of heart disease, cancer, and dementia. Statistically, it's as bad for our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Crazy. I mean, that's crazy. It's also an, an economic crisis costing us billions annually. And it's, it's a political crisis Feel, as feelings of marginalization fuel divisiveness divisiveness, divisiveness, and extremism around the world. Oh my gosh. Now, I mean, she's touching on everything, right? But it's also a crisis we have the power to solve. Oh, so there's hope. Hopefully you guys can hear when I'm adding in my little amens and hallelujahs to these book pamphlets that I'm reading. Um, Not pamphlets, inserts (laughs) that I'm reading. Combining a decade of research with firsthand reporting, Norena Hertz takes us from a how to read a face class at an Ivy League university to isolated remote workers in London during lockdown. From renting a friend, yes, that's also a thing, in Manhattan, to nursing home residents knitting bonnets for their robot caregivers in Japan. Telling you guys, this is, this is for real. Proposing bold solutions raising from compassionate AI to innovative models for urban living, to new ways of reinvigorating our neighborhoods and reconciling our differences, the Lonely Century offers a hopeful and empowering vision for how to heal our fractured communities and restore connection in our lives. This one, this book, this book was incredible. The amount of research that went into this book, I, you know, like it, it's not like a feel good book, but it's a research filled book. And I love book that gives me data. Uh, this book gives me data, the lonely century. Um, and I love that Nina actually gives us her idea on how to restore human connection in a world that's pulling us apart. So <clears throat> you guys know, uh, if you followed me for any amount of time, I love that. That's stuff I love to do. I love to talk about. And so uh, maybe I can get Narina. If any of you guys can reach out to her, I'll try uh, on the podcast. We can dive into that a little bit more. That would be awesome. Okay. Now shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples every single spring. That first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck. I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. 
It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Drum roll, please. For my two favorite books of this season the one is a reread and it's called ruthless trust by brennan manning brennan manning is my favorite uh spiritual writer by far and um this if you're if you're like me and you just have a hard time sometimes with just christendom in general and like just church life in general and just all the crap that gets in the way of like what Jesus actually taught and what we're doing now, this book, let's, uh, I mean, there, there's no, this book's so old that there's no like little pamphlet telling you what it is. And the only thing it says is in his sequel to the Ragamuffin gospel, Brennan Manning shows us how true and radical trust in God can transform our lives. Like if you, if I were to just read that, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But I need you to, if, if you're watching this, you can see, I just flipped through the entire book. I, every page did I not only outline, but I I wrote notes and notes in the tiny little margins. Um, you know, the, the I, and I love that in it, he talks about how hard it is to trust God when bad things happen. And, you know, this book was written in, let's see. 19, oh no, 2000. It was written in 2000. So it's 22 years old. Um, and I read it then and it didn't wreck me near as bad as it, as it, it did this time. Um, if I'm looking, probably the chapters, The Enormous Difficulty, chapter three, infinite and intimate. You know, he talks about how, how we, we either choose one or the other when it comes to God, like the intimate God, which a lot of Christians are like, God's your best friend. He's your buddy. You can cuddle him. And it's like, psh, like, <laughs> do we not know how infinite he is? You know, like for me, whenever I have a hard time with kind of believing in the whole, in the whole Jesus thing, God thing, I kind of, you know, anytime we just got back from Yellowstone as a family and I, I sleep on, on, um, 
outside, either in a hammock or on the ground outside or on the picnic table, whatever, while the family sleeps in the tent. This is kind of what I've always done. I just love to sleep under the stars. And when I have a hard time believing in the preposterous story of the gospel, which is preposterous, right? I just look up at the stars and I'm like, what? How was this an accident, right? Now, I know some people may look at the stars and think, how, how is God real? But it, it does the opposite for me. I see the stars in the galaxy and I think, holy crap. Like, like that is amazing. Like there's no beginning to it. There's no beginning. Nobody can find the beginning of the universe, right? There's no beginning to it. Is there a beginning of the universe? That's weird to even think. Of course there's not, right? Like, it's not like we can get to the edge of it because what's past that? Well, it's something else. So it's always been. And when I start thinking how magnificent, how infinite, how all those things, man, my trust begins to grow. So, you know, I love that he talks about you have to believe in the infinite and the intimate, both, both and. Um, and, and he talks about the difficulty of like, what, why, why, why should we trust a God that allows bad things to happen? Mm. This book was everything to me. Like I've held it close to me this entire uh, six weeks. I've gone to it every day. I read a little bit more of it every day. I've read the whole thing twice. It's not very long. Uh, and then I read it every single day. So, um, man. Yeah. Okay. Enough about that. Last but not least. Um, wow. <laughs> this one. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Eddie Helsium. Eddie is basically, she's like the, the adult counterpart to Anne Frank. Um, I think this is called Uninterrupted Life and Letters from Westerbork. Eddie was a 28-year-old um, Jew living in Amsterdam, um, a Dutch Jew. And let me read you the back. For the first time, Eddie Hillisom's diary and letters appear together to give us the fullest, the fullest possible portrait of this extraordinary woman. It says, um, in the darkest years of Nazi occupation and genocide, Eddie remained a celebrant of life whose lucid intelligence, sympathy, sympathy, and almost impossible gallantry were themselves a form of inner resistance. The adult counterpart to Anne Frank, Hillisum, testifies to the possibility of awareness and compassion in the face of the most devastating challenge to one's humanity. She died at Auschwitz in 1943 at the age of 29. Uh, I mean, I, I've never, I've never actually read like anything like this. I've never, it's, it, I kind of feel like I'm like, Peering in, you know, I am, I'm peering into her diaries and I don't know if she wanted me to read her diaries, but her diaries are changing my life to see how she goes from just like on the streets, riding her bike around in Amsterdam at the cafes, you know, she's in love, all of these things to knowing she's weeks from going to a concentration camp to days to watching her friends go while she's still riding her bike around town and like drinking coffee and like at her house, uh, knowing that in a few days she's going to camp and then her letters from camp and then ultimately uh, her death. She, she throws her, um, 
her diaries out the window of the train on the way to camp and somebody finds them. But she talks about how she will not hate a German. She will not hate these German soldiers. And, you know, I just, I think that in this season in America, something that we need to do is, is read people who lived through absolute hell and then died in hell and about forgiveness, compassion. And there's no one better, I think, to teach us than somebody like Eddie. Now, I'll, I'll let you know, another reason why I love the book is Eddie, um, she'd never been to church. She'd never went to a Bible study, but you watch her and she, she, you know, she's, you, you watch her transform and you watch her relationship with God transform without ever. It's like, it's like God can show up in spite of our circumstances. Right. And, uh, I just, I love watching her figure it out in ways that honestly, I haven't figured it out yet. So I'll end with that one. Uh, Eddie Hillison, Uninterrupted Life and Letters from Westerbork. Uh, I, um, this was life-changing and life-giving for me and gave me a brand new perspective on everything, you know, even on the work that I do on helping us uh, be the best um, and help humans around us be their best. So thank you, Eddie, for your letters. Uh, so there, there you guys go. There is... Uh, there's my books, the, the, the human hope book list. Um, and with that, we're going to, we're going to, um, ask Dr. Delight to join the party here real quick. Doctor, There we go. All right, friends and familia. Hopefully that was good for you. That was different. We've never done that before. Uh, but now we have, and maybe I'll start doing more shows like that next week. We actually have an actual human being on the show a guest that I will be interviewing. You guys aren't going to want to miss that as well. I'm still not on the socials. So this is the only place to find me here on the human hope podcast. Oh, but wait, or you can find me on YouTube. Uh, if you guys just head to humanhopevideo.com, please make sure that you subscribe here where you're listening to this. And also when you go to YouTube, hit subscribe so that I can uh, begin to grow the YouTube side of things. Cause a lot of people uh, are on YouTube and I want to get people as much hope as they can. All right, fam. Love you so much. Thank you for subscribing, rating, telling your friends all about it. And uh, do me a favor. Uh, if you've got a book that maybe you think I could, I should read uh, in after listening to the podcast, please email me at podcast. That's right. Podcast at carloswhitaker.com. That is podcast at carloswhitaker.com. And I will see you next week on another episode of Human Hope. Hey.